moments, they just build you up and remind you because it's those stories and those students that keep you kind of doing what you're doing. It's why you do what you do. Welcome to this special teacher edition of Louisiana's Got Talent, a podcast brought to you by the Louisiana Board of Regents. I'm Commissioner Kim Hunter-Reed. Delighted to uh, have this opportunity to talk with a special teacher today. May is one of my favorite months. I love commencement exercise and watching families cheer on their graduates as they walk across the stage. Um, It's also a month when we honor and celebrate the profession that makes all others possible. And here in Louisiana, we never miss an opportunity to celebrate our people. So earlier this month, we honored future educators at the old governor's mansion, 44 outstanding educators um, who are majoring in teacher prep um, and 20 institutions um, nominated those individuals to be recognized. And so it was a very special opportunity for us. And in fact, five of those outstanding future educators were high school students who have already raised their hand to say, I want to be a teacher and I love the idea of shaping young lives and moving this work forward. So this month's podcast guest is a high school teacher, a fantastic one, by the way, who shared her passion for teaching with the future educators at our event. And of course, she blew it out of the water. Uh, She is the 2023 Louisiana Teacher of the Year, Brittany Bonifon. Brittany, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to speak with you and love the earrings. So fabulous. (laughs) So one of the messages that you shared with the future educators was be unapologetically you. Talk to me about why that message was so important for these future teachers to hear and directly from a teacher of the year. I feel like it's hard to navigate just in general, whether it is future educators, whether it's students, all, I think that we spend a lot of time trying to fit in a box. I tried to fit in a box for a long time because I'm really good at math as was my thing. And math teachers have a very kind of distinct personality. And I was like, my personality doesn't match what I feel like a math teacher acts like, you know? Um, and I actually went into business school first, which I like business. Business is great. Business is wonderful. But I remember at some of the places that I worked before I became a teacher, they're like, wow, your personality is a lot. And it was like, it was a good lot, but kind of not a good lot. You know, like this is kind of what we expect people to look like. And I didn't quite fit in the places that I expected people to look like until I got into my own like space, my own classroom. And I was allowed to just like, okay, well look here in D80, we can do whatever we want. There is no out of the box. There is no typical um, what math, what somebody who likes math looks like or ELA or theater or whatever the case may be. And it allowed, because I I felt safe in my space to be myself. I felt like everybody deserves that opportunity to feel like there is a space where you can completely be yourself and not have to fit in some kind of expectation that someone else has for you. That's awesome. Now you teach ninth grade algebra one, correct? And also a head track coach. Yes. Yes. So (laughs) I love it. So you, as you know, uh, the Board of Regents is very focused on talent development. We wanna make sure that more people have access to education and training they need 
to support their families and shape their lives and really be who they want to be. Um, so I'm curious from, from your perspective, what does talent and talent development look like? Um, it is, it goes kind of back to being that freedom to be yourself. It also goes back to helping the kids find that in themselves, because I think that we say this kind of arbitrarily be yourself and be your truest you and live your truth. And some people don't always know what that is. So in track and field is really, I, I love track and field and I love ninth grade for those reasons, because in track and field, there are so many events and you don't have to, like students might start off somewhere ninth grade year. I had a girl this year, for example, that was the thrower, but she wasn't, she wasn't necessarily a big girl. Cause we, again, back to that box, you have an idea of what a thrower looks like at a track, at a track meet, but she wasn't a big girl, but she was really good. And so she asked me at the end of the season, Hey, I didn't get to run this year, but I really think I can be a sprinter. Would you mind if I tried sprinting and throwing next year? Absolutely. And just allowing for that space. The same with ninth graders. I feel like ninth grade is like that blank slate. Like you come in, um, they have all these, of course, the teachers tell you, oh my gosh, this is what you're going to think of this one. And this is what you're going to think of that one. But then they get to ninth grade. You're like, I've never even met this person that you right. said I was going to meet that was going to terrorize my classroom and they were wonderful. And it allows them just like, hey, this is your chance to be whoever you decide to be. We don't know you. We've met you like a little bit, you know, at different events from middle school. But it is, if you want to start over, now's your chance to start over. If you want to try this, now's your time to try this. You don't have to be pigeonholed into what you've always done. I guess. And that's what I see as talent development. It is allowing you the opportunities to explore those types of things. Now, as they're exploring, how do you think we should be better, um, more intentionally helping students to understand career exploration and career navigation? I wonder, do you have a sense of that? Because I, my sense is, Students from families of means have seen an architect, have seen a doctor, have seen an engineer, have talked to a lawyer. And so they understand the arc of the possible. Mm -hmm. Students who don't have that social network have not. And so how do we intentionally make sure every child can match their aptitude and interest to the world of work? It is for me, and it's not an easy thing. There's no, there's no one size fits all, like here's what we're gonna do and here's the plan but it is kind of giving them that exposure, giving them those opportunities to see those types of things and bringing it to them, not necessarily by asking them because they're also not necessarily going to ask, can I go see what an engineer does? That takes a certain type of kid. Can I go see what an architect does? Can I go see right. what this person does? It, it takes bringing those people into schools or intentionally taking, like I'm taking my entire class and we're gonna do everything that we need to do to get these permission slips signed to kind of go see all these different types of things. Like the, the, because we as teachers and adults can do that to children, can have an idea of this is what I see for this child. And I put them on this path and I never expose them because like you said, there's these, these other kids have seen all these things. So I actually give them more opportunities because they know how to verbalize that they need those opportunities. So we have to be very intentional about exposing all types of children, whether it's bringing people into the school or taking the kids outside of the school to see those types of things. So tell me about a young Brittany on a path of thinking about what she wants to be when she grows up and how did she land on being a teacher and a rock star teacher at that? 
Um, thank you. It was so when I was a when I was a little kid, like like eight nine. They say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I say, "An author." I wanted to be an author. I'm going to be an author when I grow up. And then you know, as you get older, people are like, uh, "Do you?" In my age group, they don't do it as much. But in my age group, when you were growing up and you said you want to be an author or an artist, they were just kind of like, "That's not a real job." Like they know that there are authors who are bestsellers, but right. people didn't know people like you weren't personally friends. Going back to what you were saying. You didn't, I didn't, I don't have personal friends who are authors. I have friends who are engineers. I have friends who are nurses. I have friends who are whatever the case may be, doctors, veterinarians. Right. You didn't have author friends. I don't have a friend that that is their career. And so you kind of go the traditional, I went to school, I went to business school. And then my husband actually convinced me that I would like teaching. He was like, I'm working at um, a uniform company and I'm doing fine. We're doing fine, doing well. And then I was coaching track after work and I would like take off my shoes like these big old boot shoes and in my uniform that I was wearing to work every day because I was going to be Miss Corporate America I was showing kids hurdle drills and showing them how to do a specific thing and he was like see the way that you are very engaged in making sure that the kids sees what they need to do I feel like your classroom could really use that and I was like uh those kids don't want to be here those, I mean, those kids don't want to be at school. That's how I felt. I felt like kids are forced to be yeah. at school, regardless of whether you like it or not. It is a mandate that you be there. So I was like, I don't know. Mm. I'd rather the kids that are that volunteer to be here. I was like, I think you should try it. And I tried it. Um, I tried subbing for a while, which is not the same at all. But I was a permanent sub, so I kind of had my own classroom. And I, I did. I loved it. I, again, it goes back to having that space to where nobody is putting you into a box and they kind of leave you alone. There's a lot with teaching. But in general... Most people don't bother you every day. They just kind of let you fend for yourself in there and sink or swim, but it allows the space for you to just truly create whatever you want that space to be. And I loved it. And I've been here ever since. That's awesome. So you said teacher can be a lot. Yes. And that leads me into the conversation about teacher shortage. Mm -hmm. So across Louisiana, across America, we are worried about having enough uh, excellent teachers in the classroom for our mm -hmm. students. We know teachers make a difference. Teaching matters. Matters to the trajectory of students, to their, um, their growth, uh, their social emotional uh, stability and strength, all mm -hmm. of that. So one of the things I think that is important as we're thinking about solutions is to ask teachers, what would make a difference in addressing the teacher shortage? How would you answer that question? I think... I've thought a lot about this over time. I think it is truly listening to all of the voices, not just the loud voices. And even the loud voices, a lot of time are mimicking what some of the other voices. So it comes down to, it's almost, as a teacher, I get a lot of students that come in and that, you know, they all like, dislike, whatever. And you, if you allow the space for that sounding board, to really hear what they are saying. And the same thing from a teacher's perspective, really hear what they're saying. When we're telling you X, Y, and Z, let's pretend I'm telling you I can't sub during my planning period, which has been the thing for like the past couple of years. And you're like, well, that's all we have. We only have you where there's, there's a sub shortage. And this is, this is a necessity of the career right now because there are no subs out there. And it's like, I didn't sign up to teach all day and then babysit kids 
for somebody else's class, it's like we have to get together to kind of find those solutions. Like, but it, but what happens, and I use that example, it's a very one of a laundry list of things that teachers talk about on a daily basis. But it's just kind of there is no solution. That is the solution. And we've decided that that is the solution. And that's just the way that things are, as opposed to, like you said, having these conversations. What are some other things that we can do? And then also, a lot of times when you have the conversations, really listening to what the teachers are saying to you, because sometimes it is the loudest person because they're always the loudest person. You're not listening to them when really there's five other people that think that same thing. And yes, that person is the person who always complains about everything, but a lot of the complaints are kind of valid. It's just that I'm off in D80 with my door closed, trying to figure all the things out while she is on the forefront or he is on the forefront being the voice. Listen to that and work within those confines because the people doing the work, not that administrators aren't doing the work, it, we're better together. Yeah, is, is yeah. the reality of it. And a lot of times, a lot of decisions are made about teachers without ever having conversations with, with teachers, teachers about how to have, how to solve. No, all the no, things. And that's with I, all the things I said, sub shortages, but it could be with curriculum. It could be with state testing, you know, like we've talked about state testing till we're blue in the face, mm -hmm. but I'm still accountable for students, like my job, a large part of it is how well my, and, and what people think and perceive of me is how well these students do on these tests. And, mm -hmm. and do teachers really want that? These kids who don't wanna be here, <laughs> do I want my test, my performance tied to how well they do on a test? And then all of those types of conversations have to be continuous, ongoing, and intentional. Got it. So, you are the 2023 Louisiana Teacher of the Year. Congratulations to Thank you. Thank you. I'm interested uh, about what did you say when you got that call? And what does it mean when you're Teacher of the Year? What is, do you get a platform? Do you travel? Yeah. What, what do you do as Teacher of the Year? Um, so I was on the beach that when <laughs> I got the call. <laughs> I didn't believe it because I didn't answer the first phone call because it was from an unknown number. And yeah. so I don't tend to answer unknown numbers. And then the second call I got, it wasn't, it didn't say like unknown. It said like, it was a number number that came through. So I was answering because we had Ida. And so we're still getting our house fixed from Ida. So I answered numbers as long as it's a number and doesn't uh -huh. say spam above it. Um, and it was my superintendent who I didn't have his number saved. And he's like, congratulations. And I was like, Thank you. And he said, <laughs> you did it. You won. And I almost hung up because I thought it was like the extended car warranties. Congratulations. You have won an extended yeah. car warranty. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. And he's like, you don't know who this is. And so anyways, we find out it's me. I celebrate. We have a good time. I come back from the beach. They have the um, celebration. But what you do with your platform afterwards is completely up to you. For me specifically, I, I am a huge fan of Hamilton, which I talked about a little bit at, yeah. the, um, at the thing. And so I feel like Hamilton is just like the move, the, the, the play. I've watched the play, the, the Disney version of it. And I've watched the play like as far as um, 
actual Broadway. And I was like the whole, it just parallels so many of the things that happen in the classrooms that goes back to like Hamilton wanted to fight the war. Half of the movie was Hamilton trying to convince George Washington to let him go fight and die for his country as a soldier. And George is like, no, I need you to write. He's like, but writing, it's not just, he's like, but you're really good at writing. And I really need you to write for me. Why won't you write for anybody? These people keep coming to you and telling you that this is your gift, but you won't do it how do I get you to write? And he's like, I don't want to write. I want to fight for my country. Yes. Right. And that's where, and I feel like that's what a teacher is. It's like, I understand that what's big and bad right now is being a YouTuber and there's nothing wrong with being a YouTuber, but you are really, really gifted at, I don't know, poetry. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be, you are really good. at. I have a student who I am trying to convince him. He was in talented theater and he's no longer in talented theater and he definitely needs to be in talented theater. But that's just like not what the, I don't want to say not with the cool kids because they're not cool, but the kids type, the, his friends, none of them are in talented theater. I'll put it that way. And okay. so you're kind of trying to convince them. I know you're used to hanging around these people and there's nothing wrong with those people, but how about you hang around a new set of people and have this gift. And so that's what I have felt like every Hamilton deserves a George Washington was my platform. And so that's what I went through. And I would talk about here, are the different ways. Um, I talked about being in the box, like, um, in the movie, Aaron Burr is like what a politician is supposed to look like. And so he's trying to guide Hamilton and Hamilton's like, no, that's not really who I am. I'm going to be this person. And who that person is, was who we needed as a country at that time. And how many kids would be further along if they had more George Washingtons and less Aaron Burrs is essentially um, mm-hmm. how my, what my platform has been about. So it's mentorship in a sense but it's more about bringing out the light and finding the light and finding what's in children, not just as a mentor perspective, but like it takes a group effort over time to get what this child needs so that they can they can found countries of their own in their own sense, I guess. Yes, absolutely. That's fantastic. Uh, and I and I love the speech and it was just so impactful to everyone who was there. So thank you again for joining us for that. That oh, was so special. Thank you. So, you know, all of us can think of a list of teachers who changed our lives. I can just sit here and think about Ms. LaFleur, Mr. Methvin, just people who believed in us when we didn't believe in ourselves, pushed us, who saw, as you said, the talent that perhaps we were afraid to like step into that light. But I'm curious for a teacher like yourself, are there students who impact your life, who affirmed your career as an educator? Is there a child that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, there's there's just, the good part about teaching is that there's always a student, you know? Like there's there's one student, of course, always that, you, that, that just goes down in history as just like, I am forever, like we, like social media, the, the, the bad part about it is that people can get consumed in it and it eats away at them. The good part about it is that you do, you get to keep up with people. So my students grew up in social media age. So I get to get, I get to see them and um, right. see their families and get married and all the things. Um, I talked about, I talked about Frank, who was yes. the student who you didn't think he cared about anything until he was hiding his note that you wrote on his paper that you loved him after he scratched it out and reballed it up and put it in his pocket. But the good thing about that is that you constantly have that as a teacher. Every teacher has 
uh, frank. And, and what's good is that it comes out kind of when you need it. Because we're in the, at the end of the year, I, I was like, I don't know who thought to put Teacher Appreciation Week at the end of the year, but bless them. Because it's just, you're tired and you're like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden you get these sweet notes. And I had a student last week or whatever the week before. It might've been last week because it was after Teacher Appreciation Week. And he sends me an email and he wanted so badly to get me something for teacher appreciation. And he told me to my face, I wanted to get you something for teacher appreciation. I was like, you don't have to get me for anything for teacher appreciation. Just thank you is enough. And then he writes this email and it's a long email. And I, you were a wonderful coach. And I was here with you and there with you. And I just appreciate all the things that you do. And this letter is not enough. And next year, I'm going to get you something for teacher appreciation. You're like, no, really? The letter is kind of more powerful than whatever, you know, the mugs are great and the coffee is great. And, you know, the thoughtful gifts. I had a girl buy me a tool dress. Amazing, because I love tools. And so <laughs> yes, when I do. opened that bag and I saw a tool dress in it, I was elated, you know? And just those moments, they just build you up and remind you because it's those stories and those students that keep you kind of doing what you're doing. It's why you do what you do, you know? Right, right. That's amazing. Absolutely. And I do know you, you love tool and I, <laughs> I and more it. importantly than that, I know that you love teaching. I, I know that you love your students. And so I want to thank you for answering that call from your husband <laughs> to say, you know, you, you really light up about this. Maybe you should step <laughs> into this space. Try it out. I'm so glad that you said yes. I'm so glad that you said yes. And I'm hoping some of my students will say yes to some things that they might not have been open to as well, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me thank you for being a part of this podcast, Louisiana's Got Talent. It has been a delight to talk with you, so informative and insightful. And I just really appreciate um, how you have thought about how to intentionally support students bring your own self, your unapologetic self to the work that you do uh, to bring energy and light and to really understand um, that students perhaps sometimes don't show how they need you, but you know that they do yeah. and you're showing up for them uh, regardless of how they are showing up. Right. It. That's what I learned yeah. from your Frank story. So yeah. I, I just want to thank you. I want to, again, congratulate you for being teacher of the year and for being an advocate for more educators, because we need more phenomenal educators mm -hmm. in the classrooms of, uh, with our students. And so I just want to say it's just been really inspiring and I really am grateful. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank y'all for all that you're doing to highlight the work of teachers and educators. And it was wonderful being in that room that day with all of these, all of these, I don't want to call them kids because they're not all kids, but all of these young adults just ready and let's go. And here is what we're going to do. Cause that's the kind of thing that changes is that we are excited about you. We see you and we want you to know that we celebrate what you're doing. And I appreciate you guys for that as well. Well, great. Well, Louisiana's Got Talent is a monthly podcast produced by the Louisiana Board of Regents. To learn more about our work here at Regents, please visit www.laregents.edu or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for listening. Hallelujah.